Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Zacharias ran to the pulpit at the head of the temple. And he saw the way the people were desecrating the temple of God, led by King Joash. And Zechariah knew that his father, Jehoiada, loved Joash. And I wonder if Zechariah just remembered all the good things that Jehoiada, the priest, his dad, had done for King Joash. And now Joash is desecrating the temple of Yahweh? It says in 2 Chronicles 24 that the Spirit of God clothed Zechariah. And he went forward and in front of all the people, he began to preach and he began to warn the people. To all of the people who were desecrating the temple, he cried out, This is what God says. Why are you transgressing the Lord's commands so you do not prosper? Because you have abandoned the Lord. He has abandoned you. I imagine Joash's head turns. And he looks at Zechariah. I wonder if he glowed. You know, when you are clothed in the Spirit of God, what do you look like? That phrase occurs twice in 2 Chronicles and once in the book of Judges. Three times in the whole Bible, people have been clothed in the Spirit of God. One of them was Gideon, you know? And I just think, what did he look like? What do these people look like that the writer knew that? Well, Joash doesn't care. King Joash picks up a stone, I imagine. And he hurls it at Zechariah and smack! It smacked Zechariah right in the head. And, oh, man, that would hurt. And, and, then, and then another prince of Judah sees, and maybe they brought in rocks from outside, and he hurls his rock, and smack, and smack, and another rock hits him in the head, another rock hits him in the chest. And I mean, this is brutal. 
And it says in 2 Chronicles 24 that King Joash led the people to stone Zechariah. He led the people. It says at the king's command, and he's probably yelling, Stone Zachariah! They stoned Zachariah to death. And as he's dying, Joash walks over to him. <laughs> he's probably got a smirk on his face. He's thinking, huh, What about your God now, Zachariah? <laughs> How much do you think of Yahweh now? And as he's dying, Zachariah looks up to Joash and he says, May Yahweh see and demand an account. May Yahweh see and demand an account. And then he died. What? Are you like me? What? King Joash stoning the priest of the Lord? Stoning the son of Jehoiada who had helped Joash so much? And in the temple of Yahweh, wasn't Joash following Yahweh? And, and didn't 2 Kings 12 say that Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord? What in the world is happening here? Well, if you go to 2 Kings 12, it says that throughout the time the priest Jehoiada instructed him, Joash did what was right in the Lord's sight. As long as Jehoiada was alive, Joash did what was right. If you remember, Jehoshaba, Jehoiada's wife, had rescued little Joash, and then they hid him for seven years, and then they brought him out, and they crowned him king, and they killed evil Queen Athaliah. And then it says in 2 Kings 12 that Joash reigned for the next 40 years. And Jehoiada instructed him. And Jehoiada, the high priest, taught him even found him wives so that he could produce children. Because remember, Athaliah had wiped out most of the line of David. So Joash knew, I better produce heirs, sons and daughters. And Jehoiada was taking care of Joash, finding him a family and producing children and instructing him in the ways of Yahweh and how to worship and in the ways of the Lord. Again and again, Jehoiada took care of him. And you know what? Joash listened. And Joash even demonstrated outward spiritual motivation. Because both in 2 Kings chapter 12 and then later on in 2 Chronicles 24, it talks about Joash repairing the temple of the Lord. As he got older, under Jehoiada's tutelage, Joash realized the temple of the Lord had fallen in a disrepair under Queen Athaliah. And it even says in 2 Chronicles 24 that some of the sons of Athaliah had taken some of the gold and beautiful temple things and had used them in the worship of Baal. They'd remove them and they'd use these sacred things to worship Baal. 
and things were missing like a beautiful lathe or a golden bowl or a big spoon or some golden hook to take the meat out and the burnt offerings. All these little things were missing and also physically the temple was starting to fall into disrepair. So Joash says to Jehoiada, we have got to start raising money to repair the temple. Joash says to Jehoiada, I want you to go out to the cities of Judah and I want you to collect silver from all of Israel and I want you to do this year after year so that we can repair the temple. Well, Jehoiada is of the tribe of Levi and the Levites are the priestly tribe. And so he said to the Levite priests, go out and do this. Well, year one went by, year two went by, year three went by. And they didn't really do it. Doesn't really say why. But the Levites were just slow in reacting. Well, Joash notices this and he calls Jehoiada in again. And he says, why haven't you required the Levites to go out and bring in from Judah and Jerusalem the tax imposed by the Lord's servant Moses while we wandered around the desert? See, earlier... The people of Israel had wandered in the desert and Moses imposed a tax to help repair the tent of meeting, to help pay for the oxen that they would have to sacrifice to Yahweh and help pay for the running of the temple. Moses had required a tax. And Joash is saying, I asked you to go out and raise money for that tax and you didn't do it. Basically, they had to go out and get the people of Israel to give them their silver things that they wanted to dedicate to the Lord, then they would use those things to pay for the repairing of the temple and the feeding of the Levites and the buying of oxen and other things for sacrifice. And he's saying, you didn't do any of those things that I asked. And I wonder if Jehoiada was like, wow, Joash is growing in the Lord. This is great. So Joash says, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to get a chest and I'm going to bore a hole in the top and we're going to put it right by the city gates. And we're not going to go out and get the tax. Instead, we're going to invite the people to come to Jerusalem. And when they come, they can bring their silver objects that they want to give to the Lord and they can put it in this chest. And if they want to bring their silver coins and just put them in the top there through that slot, they can do that. But if they have a bigger object, we'll lift the top of this chest and we'll put it inside. And it says that the people of Israel came as they were passing through the city gates to enjoy the wonders of Jerusalem. They would see this chest there and they would deposit the object of silver that they brought to pay for the tax so they could repair the Lord's temple. Well, the amazing thing is that the people did it with joy. They did it with great pleasure. And they brought silver after silver. And they had to empty this chest time and time again. And in the end, they had so much money that they could start to repair the temple. And they could pay the masons and the silversmiths and the coppersmith and the stonecutters to work. They had enough money to pay for all the repairs. And they had so much money that they had money left over. Remember, Queen Athaliah's sons had used those little utensils for bail and they were missing. Well, they had money left over 
to hire people to create those things out of gold and silver. The people brought their goods to give back to God to celebrate what Yahweh had done. Well done, Joash. And they repaired the temple beautifully, and I can imagine it was a shining gift to God, a shining remembrance to who Yahweh is. And they were able to worship once again and do burnt offerings the way they should be done again. Joash was showing reform, and Jehoiada helped that revival, and he influenced Joash to lead southern Israel in a revival of the things of Yahweh. This is great! And then Jehoiada dies. At the age of 130, Jehoiada dies. And it says that the people were so moved by Jehoiada that they buried him where the kings were buried. And they gave Jehoiada's burial great honor and great pomp and circumstance reserved for kings. They gave it to Jehoiada. Well, when Jehoiada was dead, then some evil men showed up. They crawled out of the woodwork. Second Chronicles 24 calls them the princes of Judah. The various rulers of the smaller families of Judah, they came they began to whisper in Joash's ear, Hey, why don't we bring back that feast we used to do for Baal? It was so much fun. We used to get drunk out of our minds. Remember that? And they maybe told funny story after funny story that happened when they were drunk. And, and then they began to tell them of all the beautiful women that were there. And probably told them dirty story after dirty story that made Joash laugh. But reminded him of all the fun that they had worshipping Baal. And it says that these rulers, these princes of Judah began to pay homage to Joash and to puff his pride up and to remind him of all the fun things they used to do pursuing this evil god named Baal and the evil goddess Asherah. And it says that Joash listened to them. Joash, listen to them. That's what blows my mind. For all these years, he has prospered under Yahweh. And he has prospered as long as he has pursued Yahweh. Yahweh has blessed Joash over and over and over again. But he doesn't stick with Yahweh. The minute Jehoiada dies, who instructed him in the ways of the Lord, who was his moral framework, the minute he dies, Joash begins to abandon God. One writer, Charles Spurgeon, says this, There was a want of principle in Joash, and it is of that I want to warn all of our friends. Do not, I pray you, be satisfied with the practice of piety without the principles of piety. 
It is not enough to have a correct creed. You must have a renewed heart. Charles Spurgeon. He's basically saying Joash was outwardly religious. And he did all these changes to the temple and he encouraged people to give to the Lord and he did that as long as Jehida was alive. And he had all these outward practices of piety, of honoring God, of being religious. He had all these outward practices, but he had none of the principles. He never internalized his faith. He never said, this is my God and I am going to honor Yahweh no matter what. He is my God. He never, ever internalized his faith. Charles Spurgeon goes on to say, all that Joash had done was to give his heart to Jehoiada, not to Jehovah. Now, Jehovah is another way of saying Yahweh. And Spurgeon is saying all that Joash had done was to give his heart to Jehoiada, not to Jehovah. It is very easy to be outwardly religious by giving your heart to your mother or your father or your aunt or your uncle or some good person who helps you to do what is right. You are doing all this out of love to them, which is at best but a secondary motive. God says, my son, give me thine heart. Charles Spurgeon. And Spurgeon hits it right on the head as to what happens to Joash. Because what we're about to see is Joash totally abandons Yahweh. The minute Jehoiada dies, he gives up on Yahweh to the point where they are worshiping Asherah. They are erecting Asherah poles in the temple. And they were worshiping Baal rather than going to the temple. That's what it says there in Second Chronicles 24. And it culminates in Joash leading his people to stone Zechariah to death. Now think about this. Zechariah is the son of Jehoiada. And Jehoiada and his wife Jehosheba showed such kindness to Joash. Hid him for seven years. Protected him from Athaliah helped raise him into this godly king. And Jehoiada, who had shown such kindness to Joash, has a son named Zechariah, who Joash then kills. And not only that, where Joash was crowned king, remember he was brought out by this pillar right there in the middle of the temple and he was crowned king? Well, in that very spot, Joash kills Zechariah. How could you fall this far, Joash? Because he listened to the wrong people. Because his heart was never with Yahweh. He never internalized his faith. He never owned it. It was never his and the way they worship Baal and Asherah seemed a lot more appealing. And maybe growing up, he kept thinking the minute Jehoiada dies, I am going over there and having fun with those people. Those stories that I've heard, man, I want that. He maybe had an internal rebellious heart the whole time, even as he's acting spiritual on the outside. Well, Yahweh is kind and long-suffering. And it says in 2 Chronicles 24 that he sent prophet after prophet after prophet to try to bring them back, culminating in Zechariah, the priest, to say, hey, stop worshiping Baal and Asherah. Come back. 
Joash kills him. And remember the curse that Zechariah gave to Joash? Remember he said, may the Lord see and demand an account. Well, Yahweh saw and he judged. And you know how he judged? He brought the Syrian army against Israel. Now, the thing is, the Syrian army that came in, they came all the way into Judah, they came all the way into Jerusalem, and they killed most of the princes. The princes that had encouraged Joash to sin, well, guess what? The Syrian army killed that one, and killed that one, and killed that one, and they'd gotten all the way to Joash, and they severely wounded Joash. But the thing is, the Bible says the Syrian army was small. And the Judean army, the army of southern Israel, vastly outnumbered them. There is no way this small Syrian army should have won. But it says in 2 Chronicles 24 that they won. Why? Because the Lord used them. The Lord was behind it. The Lord gave him victory. Yahweh used them to judge Joash and the people of southern Israel. And they leave having killed hundreds of people and taken all these valuable goods. And they're gone. And here Joash, severely wounded. And I imagine he, he stumbles to his bed and, and he lays on his bed. He's thinking, oh, this is terrible. I've been stabbed, but I think I can still live. I, I think I can su survive. And, and, th and then he sees two of his servants come in. And one of them is named Zabed. The other servant is called Jehozabad. Hey, come help me. I I've got some problems. Get some cloth. And Zabed comes up to him, stares down at Joash. And Jehozabad maybe comes into the other side of the bed and stares down at Joash. And Joash is saying, hey, I'm your king. Help me. Let's, let's start this healing process. Let's get some water here, some hot towels. I'll be fine before you know it. And Zabad pulls out a knife. And with a twinkle in his eye, raises it above his head. And Jehozabad pulls out a knife and raises it above his head and whoosh, 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 whoosh. they stab Joash to death on his bed. And it says when the people discover that Joash is dead, they take his body and they just bury him in some grave in Jerusalem. He should have been buried in the tombs of the kings, right? He should have been buried over there with great honor. But instead, he's just dumped in some grave next to some Joe Blow average Jerusalem citizen. Joash is dead. How do you go raising money for the temple, raising money to honor Yahweh. How do you go from that to worshiping Baal and worshiping Asherah and to killing your mentor's son who's shown you so much love? How do you do that? I hope that's not said of us, you know? Many listeners to this podcast are children or teenagers. 
maybe your children of Christian parents who bring you to church, who bring you to youth group, who make you show up for VBS or Awana, and the whole time you're just faking it. And like Spurgeon said, you have this outward display of piety, but you don't have any of the principles. The whole time you're thinking, as soon as I turn 18, as soon as I am able and I go off to college, I am never coming back. You're like Joash. He had these outward displays of doing right, but he had none of the heart towards Yahweh. He loved Jehoiada, but he didn't love Jehovah. Maybe you give an outward appearance of someone who loves the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I want to serve God, but inwardly you're hiding it. And I know many stories of kids who seem to be serving the Lord in youth group, but the minute they left for college, they decided to abandon their faith and give it all up. I think we have too many people who have a heart for Jehoiada, but not for Jehovah. They have a heart for their parents and wanting to make them happy. It is very easy to be outwardly religious, Spurgeon says, by giving your heart to your mother or your father or your aunt or your uncle or, or some good person that helps you do what is right. You are doing all this out of love to them, but that's the problem. It's a love to them, not a love for God. Many of us in this podcast are adults. Maybe in your 20s and you're debating, do I want to live for the Lord? Do I want to continue this? My culture's heading in a different direction and I need to start deconstructing my faith. The faith I grew up in is pretty exclusive and they say Jesus is the only way. And if I start preaching that and standing up for that, people are going to think, well, you're a little fundamentalist. You're too strict. You're not inclusive enough. You're too exclusive. And I don't want to be left out of this. And maybe you've just fallen in love with somebody who, just like Joe Ash, is whispering in your ear, let's not go to church today. Let's not follow God. No, that faith of your parents is old, and you've never owned your faith, just like Joe Ash. I hope Joe Ash is a warning to you warning to me. We have to own our faith. I follow Yahweh. I choose to follow his son Jesus and to put my hope and trust in him because it's all I've got. Because his words are true. And I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. Not because my parents did. Not to please somebody else. But because of his great love for me and my great love for him, I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. I pray let's be that person. Let's not be Joash. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.